0: Welcome back to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Across from me is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing?
1: Doing good. It's been a a busy week. I heard you guys got some snow. I also was in sort of a snowmageddon here Mm -hmm. in Minnesota, which was interesting because I know my background's different. Again, I'm in a hotel for the, the Minnesota Girls State Tournament. It's big week this week, busy week. But it sounds like uh, everybody's kind of getting some some crazy weather and some crazy snow here, which is wild.
0: Yeah, yeah. We got hit with... We're on storm watch right now. We got hit with uh, a particularly intense amount yesterday. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily snowing right now, but it is cold. and It's going to get colder the next couple of days. So that's a lot of fun. Lot Something... Fun. Something to look forward to. Look, this has been, to be fair, this has been an extremely mild winter. We're all going to die. Um, <laughs> you know, so that it's basically confirmed there, but this has been oh, extremely yeah. mild winter. So I don't mind the the frigid temperatures. We've been having it too good for too long. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Let's launch into uh, the show here, starting with some NCAA news, specifically Logan Cooley, you know, uh, one of the biggest standouts from the World Juniors, you know, a huge draft, like, you know, third overall draft pick. Crazy, you know, just a a, a crazy, um, a, a talented prospect. Arguably one of the best uh, prospects ever, not ever, but like in the in the league right now. He uh, he had a massive weekend this week. Uh, he had a massive weekend this past weekend, uh, playing his home state of Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, and uh, going to talk about Logan Cooley. But first, I gotta remind everybody that this is actually our uh, last week on SoundCloud. So I've gotta remind everybody uh, of that. So just alert, alert keep this in the back of your mind. Last week on SoundCloud, uh, all links to your preferred streams can be found in the description below um, for now. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And you can also just look up the Hockey News American Pipeline if you'd rather search for it. We're still going to be uploading all the episodes to the THN website. Uh, So just be aware of that. So some changes coming. So just make sure you're not looking looking in uh, different places here.
0: Absolutely. uh, Now, I was told I was under the impression that I was supposed to say that at the end of the show, not at the start of the show. <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of flack from a producer right now. And I thought I was supposed to say it at the end. Well, you know so what we
1: can probably do both because we'll, prob- we'll end people up doing are, both. Are skipping through the show. Then they can hear, you know, one one at the the one at the end or one from me, one from you. Then, then they'll you definitely go. have at least one of our voices in the back of their minds.
0: Thank <laughs> you for picking up the slack there, Sydney. I appreciate that. And speaking of picking up the slack, why don't you tell us about Logan Cooley's fantastic weekend?
1: Yeah. So going back to that, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody already heard about this, honestly, but Logan Cooley just had a, a massive weekend, an absolutely electric weekend. Uh, and it was back in his home state of Pennsylvania. So it was kind of like a, a homecoming for him of sorts because uh, Minnesota was playing Penn State. So that actually was kind of interesting, kind of cool to see. He actually had five points in one game. Uh, it was like a goal and four assists, which is wild. That's quite a feat to do and then the next night he also had an an assist so he had a really big weekend and looking at sort of his past few games here even he's scored a point uh in every game he's played since January 13th in a tie against Notre Dame so he's on definitely a hot streak as of as of late and from what I read on I believe it was the Minnesota Twitter account they said he's the only Big Ten player to have a a five-point game so far this year so I mean that's pretty huge. Uh, everybody was kind of blown away by his performance in, in that first game. And yeah, absolutely massive, absolutely electric, uh, as I like to say, but sort of related to him too. I, I've i been hearing a lot about Logan Cooley. And then this weekend, I've also been hearing a ton about uh, I, his cousin, I believe it is LJ Mooney, another cool name, Cooley and Mooney. That's kind of <laughs> cool, but he's a name that I've been hearing more and more about for, I think it's the 2025 draft, like coming up in in a couple years, but I I heard a lot about Logan Cooley this weekend. I heard a lot about his cousin LJ Mooney. I'm like, wow, that family just must have something good running through there to have all these like high-level uh players sort of linked together. But yeah, huge, huge weekend for him. It was it was pretty crazy to see.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Also, like the fact that he his cousin is named LJ Mooney. I think um, that's
1: a super cool name. Like that
0: that's first of all, that's an extremely yeah. cool name. LJ Mooney sounds like a like an old timey detective or you know, like from a noir movie. Like it, it's fantastic. But yeah. like I just glanced at our prep and I was just ex- expecting you to say LJ Cooley. Um just because That'd of the be double cool O. Too. Yeah. But no, it's LJ Mooney. Phenomenal, phenomenal names all around. I think Logan Cooley is also a very cool name. So phenomenal names oh, all yeah. around. Um, in the Big Ten, Eric Esposito, another great weekend, uh, from a guy in the NCAA in the in the American Pipeline. Why don't you tell us what Eric Esposito's great weekend?
1: Yeah, so this guy also had a really good weekend, just shouting out some some performances and some players I like here this week. So he had a, a really good weekend. He also had a, a five-point night. Uh, but this, I actually thought, for, I saw some green and originally thought it was Big Ten, but actually Eric Esposito, Mercyhurst, mm-hmm. uh, just was writing so much stuff there. But five-point night for him and seven-point weekends. So we had some players that just had massive weekends, I guess, in the, in the NCAA here. But he had a seven-point weekend. 5 point night in in two games against Army he plays for Mercyhurst so 7 points two games three goals four assists that's uh that's pretty wild and honestly i thought his story was really interesting uh just look at if you look through his stats he was a transfer he played 4 years at new hampshire didn't really have good stats at new hampshire i mean his best season i think was like 10 points maybe in in a year. So nothing really even close to what he's doing. He transferred to Mercyhurst for his fifth year, his fifth and final year, that COVID eligibility that everybody's been getting. And he's having just by far his his best season. And I've been kind of seeing this a little bit with some players that have, you know, not not the greatest four-year careers. And then they realize, okay, I'm getting one extra year now. This is my chance to make an impact and, Mm. and maybe make a push to see if, you know, I'll be able to play hockey after college, you know, this is their last season. So I think they're like, I really need to make an impact. I'll transfer some- somewhere. It'll be a change of scenery, and new team. Let's see what I can do with this fifth and final year. So he's sort of just having one of those really phenomenal, just best season that he's had in his fifth year. I don't think he's never had more than 10 points and now he's leading his team in points. I think he's at like 28. So it's really random to just kind of go from 10 or less points for four years and then transfer. And now he has, literally 25 plus. So really crazy for him. It's kind of cool to see though, that there's a lot of these players just sort of making waves. They realize they, they get that extra eligibility and then they kind of just, you know, run away with it. So cool to see and uh shout out for him. Uh, another big weekend in the NCAA. Very,
0: very cool to see, like you said. Um, so after playing two seasons with Northern Michigan, uh, uh, Mac Byers transferred to St. Thomas and boy, he's being quite the pickup, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, this was kind of a a random one that I didn't think was going to be, you know, St. Thomas picked up a a couple of transfers in the offseason. Some of them haven't really done too much. I think they're just players who wanted, again, to play their fifth season somewhere. And they've been they've been fine, but they haven't been, you know, huge uh, parts of the team. But Mac Byers is another sort of interesting, cool story I, I thought I would talk a little bit about. So, like you said, he played two seasons with Northern Michigan, transferred to St. Thomas. Uh, He had had good numbers in juniors, but he just never really caught on to to scoring or putting up any points at Northern. So I'm not sure if it was just maybe the team he was with or maybe it just it wasn't a good fit for him. I'm not really sure. Uh, But he just never really had great seasons. He had two points one year and six points another year. And now at St. Thomas, he's transferred and he has 21 points and he leads the team. So it's kind of another one of those just crazy things where player transfers and I don't know if it's just the new scenery, the new team, I don't know what it is, or maybe they just randomly catch on and and something finally clicks, but he's been leading the team and it's been a great pickup for St. Thomas because now he's their, their points leader, but he's a Minnesota native. So maybe he's excited to, to be going to school closer to home. Um, And just St. Thomas too, a couple notes. They've brought in some really good freshmen lately, and I know they're a brand new program. So When they started their first year, they were actually playing with a roster full of players that played D3 the year before, and then the next year were playing D1. So it was a huge jump for some of those guys, and now they're starting to recruit really, really uh, good players that I really enjoy watching. I mean, if you look at their score sheet, I think all the other players... Behind Mac Byers and in points production are all like these new freshmen that they've recruited. Josh Ernest has been really good. I've liked watching him. Ryan O'Neill, I got to watch a lot in the NOL. He was a great player in the Nall. Uh Lucas Wallen, Luke Leland, Jake Persini, they've recruited really well. So honestly, I think in the next few years, if St. Thomas can keep up the, the recruits they've had, the transfers they've picked up, I think they're going to just keep getting better and better. And I, it seems like they're having no trouble picking up uh, some good players and recruiting now. So keep an eye on them here for the next few years. Cause they're starting to, to develop some good players.
0: Absolutely. All right. Now after spending a lot of time last week talking about Merrimack and how they're letting us down, cause they were your team to watch uh, for a little while. And we always are rooting for them. And then they, they just were not doing great. They had a really good weekend. So they basically just uh, whenever we either compliment them or we get on their case, they do the exact opposite. Lovely to see. But Merrimack had a great weekend. Um, you know, proving us wrong, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's all about. We had that segment last week where it was like, oh, they've had all these losses and ties once 2023 hit, and now it seems like maybe they found their footing. So I don't know. We'll see. They swept BU. It was 4-1 and then 4-3 in overtime. And BU was way higher than them in the pair wise. They're I think number eight now, so they were a top 10. And now Merrimack is. 19, so if the tournament was today, they would be close to that that cutoff there because that 19 is would not be great positioning. So they still need to get some more wins here, getting closer and closer. A lot of teams only have one or two weekends left here of regular season play before their uh, conference tournaments. so they still are going to need some more here. They still need to make a push, but they had a really good weekend, so maybe they found their footing after, I don't know, not having a great start to the – to the year maybe they heard our podcast and we're like we got to pick it up we got to pick it up for the American pipeline people they want to they want to see us succeed I, I don't know but they did way better this last weekend
0: clearly um all right now here's your player to watch of the week these player to watch it is Mason Lowray yeah so this uh this
1: player I'm not sure I don't even remember how many teams we've gone through now for for prospect profiles a lot. Too too many to keep mm-hmm. track of. Uh, but Mason Laura is a Boston Bruins second round pick, and he currently has a point per game in the past three games for Ohio State. And I sometimes I hear a lot about him and sometimes I don't, but I think he's a he's a really good player. And recently I feel like the buzz has been picking back up a little bit. Uh, and he's a big guy. He's got really good size. He's six foot four, about two hundred and nine pounds. He's listed at. So big guy, left handed defenseman. He's a little bit on uh getting to be like a little on the older side 22 year old sophomore so I'd assume if Boston wants him they'll probably pick him up here in this offseason or the next because I know they're they don't want their players to just keep going and going and going in college and keep getting older and older in college Uh, but he's only a sophomore 24 points in 32 games so his point production is really good and he's been the top scoring defenseman uh, for Ohio State this year and last year, so both his years on the team. So, really solid defenseman, big guy, and also is going to put up some points for you. So, I feel like that's kind of everything you would you would want in a defenseman. He's got size, he can put up points, and uh, he he can defend. So, that's kind of all the all the three things you would want. Uh, but this is going to be a really big weekend for Ohio State. They play Minnesota, who obviously has has been on a tear. They've been a top you know, two team here for most of the entire college hockey season. So big matchup there for the Buckeyes. So hopefully he'll be able to be an asset for them here this weekend, but he's been really good. So keep an eye on him. He's my player to watch.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's go on over to some USHL, you know, high school, etc. the minor, you know, sort of junior hockey ranks here yeah. Um starting with a very scary incident um, as Dubuque forward, Sean O'Donnell took a skate to the neck. We've seen this a couple times in the NHL, you know, with like, there was a horrible one, Clint Malarchuk and Richard Zednik got one and all that, but this is just terrifying, especially considering this is a kid. So hopefully, you know, hope, hope you'll be okay, but Holy smokes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just saw this. I am in a couple of USHL groups on Facebook just to look up news and stuff. And a couple of people were Hoping for updates on him just because they're like, Oh, it looks like he took a skate to the face slash neck type area, which is always really scary. I, I think there was one or two last year too. So I feel like I'm starting to hear about him a little bit more, even. But really scary. But they the debut put out a press release saying he was released from the hospital. I think it was the day or two after it happened. Um, and they just thanked, you know, the the medical staff that was on site for their quick responses; they were able to get out there, and it sounds like he's he's going to be okay. So obviously, wishing him a speedy recovery, and and glad that nothing uh, too crazy happened, and they were able to make sure he was okay because that type of stuff, yeah, always scary when you know those freak accidents like that happen.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just horrifying, you know. So and especially like you said, he was a, he's a kid here, so hopefully uh, things are going to be okay. The fact that he was released from hospital and everything is. Great sign, but yeah, just terrifying. Um, all right, let's do some commits here. Uh, starting with a phenomenal hockey name, as we've said many times in this show. Uh, this one's August Falloon of Tri-City. Uh, commits to Arizona State, a burgeoning hockey program that seems to be just, you know, really making its way up the up the ranks here.
1: Yeah, and this is funny. I, I wanted to put him on here for our first commitment that we'll talk about because I actually, we actually shouted him out a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I believe he was my player to watch. Uh, earlier, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, just because he has made really big strides. Honestly, if you look at his his stats and his progression in the USHL, he's actually also from St. Cloud, which is where I'm from. So I thought that was kind of cool too, but that's not the reason I I put him in here. He was my player to watch, but um, he's just made really big strides. I mean, his last year, I think he only had two points, maybe two to four points the entire USHL season. So I think he was really just kind of getting adapted to, to the level of play. A lot of times it'll take guys a year to just get used to, you know, the speed and the skill that is in the USHL. And uh, this year he's really improved. He's 15 points in 34 games. So he's really doing a, a lot better finding his point production. Um, and he actually just turned 19 today too. The day we're recording, I saw it was his birthday too, which is a, a little crazy. He committed, I think like, The day before his birthday, two days before, it was really recent. Um, But he's also got pretty good size, six foot two, just under two hundred pounds. He's been playing on the left wing for the most part lately, uh, and has been kind of up and down the lineup. He was on the top line for a while, and then he'll play on on the fourth line for a while. So I think they're trying to just kind of see who he fits with the best, where he where he plays the best. Again, he's pretty young player, just turned nineteen, so I would assume he's not gonna head to arizona state this fall but we'll see i'm not i'm not sure what they need but obviously uh congrats and a, and a player that we said is a player to watch just earned a commitment so that's kind of cool
0: very cool all right keeping it keeping it moving on on that front is uh marcus brandeman of dubuque commits to michigan this is a goalie uh to turn 20 this spring very interesting little commit here
1: yeah, this one was just really recent, too. And this is a, a Swedish goaltender. So I know some programs always like those international uh, goalies. Only six feet. So some people were saying he was, quote, shorter or smaller. But I feel like six feet is fine. Just everybody wants those super tall goalies right now. Um, but he's six feet tall. He has a .907 save percentage right now for Dubuque and is at a 2.91 goals against average. 14 wins, uh, eight losses, two ties. And he was on the World Junior Cup roster for Sweden. So good pickup there for Michigan.
0: Absolutely. All right. Moving on uh, to a couple of USHL trades and transactions, starting with Zach Sharp of Sioux Falls goes to Cedar Rapids with J. J.J. We, Wieb- Wee Bush, why Bush the other way?
1: Yeah, you know they didn't they didn't have a pronunciation chart uh, for his name, and I could not look up any highlight reels of people announcing his name. So I'm going to say setting
0: us up to fail here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you know what I always I always look it up, but you know Mm -hmm. you never know. Uh, But yeah, just just one trade this week. We calmed way down after a couple weeks ago where it was like trade after trade after trade. So things calmed way down. But Zach Sharp will be going to Cedar Rapids here. He's actually eligible for the draft this summer uh, and was listed at one Oh two on the the central scouting list. So he could be a name. You'll hear at the draft this summer. You never know, Uh, but he's six foot one. He's 17 years old, left-handed defenseman, not a guy who's been putting up a ton of points quite yet. He has six points in 37 games, but he's really young. He's he's only 17. So not worried about that. And this will be his first full season in the USHL, if I remember correctly. So obviously not everybody's able to just come in and just put up massive points uh, right away. Uh, Western Michigan commit, and he's been kind of up and down the lineup playing with different pairings and that type of stuff. And then Wee Bush, Wy Bush, um, however you say his last name, he's a Merrimack commit. He'll be headed the other way from Cedar Rapids to Sioux Falls. He's six feet tall, 19 years old, uh, and he's had pretty good point production, 16 points in 38 games. He's in his first full USHL season. So that's honestly pretty good uh, points production for your first full season in in the USHL and he's originally from Wisconsin. So just that one trade there, uh, players going on one way and then back the other way.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, elsewhere in the in the USHL, we have Macklin Celebrini, another great name, just tearing up the league right now. Uh, could, we, could And also seems like he might be heading to college next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody, I feel like every week I see Macklin Celebrini, Macklin Celebrini, because he's So good. And he's doing amazing things in the USHL is so young Uh, from all the reports that I've heard. It sounds like he's going to be accelerating and and going to college in the fall, which would make sense because he's doing so good in the USHL right now for the age that he is. And he currently is leading the league with 62 points in 37 games. Absolutely insane. Uh, And from what I heard, the research that I did, it sounds like he's one of, I think, only two USHL players who've been younger than 17 who've had more than 30 goals in a season and it's not even over yet. So he's just been tearing it up and he has 15 points in his last five games. That's insane. And he was the first Chicago Steel player to have five goals in one game, in a game against the NTDP uh, and obviously a huge name for the 2024 draft. So again, he's just been impressing everybody. I feel like every couple of days I hear more and more information about how he's breaking records and how everybody loves him and how insanely good he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, just from those numbers alone, incredible. Um, All right, then we got Blake Steenerson of Maple Grove, another commit here, uh, committing to Vermont.
1: Yeah, this was just a couple of uh, commits here that I wanted to mention. So this one I wanted to mention because this is a player I was high on earlier in the year. So I was kind of excited that I was like, okay, I had my eye on him, uh, watching him a little bit. And now he earned a D1 commitment. Uh, uh, And I'm going to have a feature on him out actually today that the day that we're recording. So if anyone wants to know more about Blake Steenerson, it should be out on the Rink Live by the time this airs, I assume. Uh, But he actually has a really interesting story. He actually played JV his sophomore year, which is really rare to go from JV to then being a player that makes it to the state championship is next year and now is one of the best players on his team. He's playing with uh, Finn Brink, who's committed to Wisconsin. And He's just one of those guys who's really big. He's going to be that kind of that physical, big power forward type guy. I was really hype about him after watching him in, in the upper Midwest Elite League this past fall. And he currently has 37 points in 25 games for Maple Grove, who's a very good high school team here in Minnesota. And it sounds like his plan is likely to play in in the NOL next year for Minot. He signed a tender with them. He played a couple of games with them earlier this year and already at a point. So I think that's going to be a, end up being a good uh, pickup for Vermont.
0: No kidding. All right. And then we got a 16-year-old fella here already committing um, to college. 16-year-old Nate DeLadonna commits to Penn State.
1: Yeah, just a couple other commitments here. This is uh, a really young player. So Penn State must have been really, really high on him for him to commit this young. For Bishop Kearney Selects. He's a Des Moines Buccaneers draftee. So I assume he'll play for Des Moines this upcoming year. He's just so young. Obviously, he's 16. So that's probably why he wasn't playing this year. But I assume he'll be there in the fall. Uh he currently has 63 points in, in 52 games right now. So he's tearing it up, uh tons of points. He's from New York, uh and he's added to the Penn State recruit list. And they have some some really nice names uh that'll be coming through their program here in the next couple years.
0: No kidding. And then finally uh, the last commit in the last of our news and, and notes here is 17 year old Sebastian Bradshaw commits to New Hampshire.
1: Yeah. And this is actually a, a guy who plays for elite hockey Academy over a point per game, big guy, though, six foot three and, and mainly playing center. He had OHL rights to London, but obviously now it sounds like he's going to be going the NCAA route committing to New Hampshire. And from what I saw on Twitter, uh, the BCHL team, the Trail Smoke Eaters, said that he was going to be an incoming player. So I assume his plan is to play uh, in the B.C. this upcoming year. So that'll be fun to watch him and uh, New Hampshire, uh, a nice get for them to add him to their uh, pipeline.
0: Fantastic. All right. And then moving on uh, to our our plunder through the American pipelines So all different teams. We've now reached the St. Louis Blues um, and in, in stark contrast to last week. Uh, where I believe we had, like, what, 11, 12 prospects we had to get through. Um, oh, yeah. This one, uh, the Blues only have three, uh, but but it's led by one of the top prospects in the game right now, Jimmy Snugroot of Minnesota, someone who is is very, very interesting uh, to dive into.
1: Yeah, the Blues, it seems like, don't have a ton of NCAA guys right now, but they actually had a ton of, you know, like, AHL guys and guys from other leagues. So not a ton of NCAA guys, but that's okay. Cause obviously uh, the first one we we're talking about, Jimmy Snuggerood. very good prospect to have uh, in the, in the NCAA. We've already talked about him probably many, many times on the show because he's so good and has done a lot of really good things. Uh, 23rd overall pick this past year. So definitely a name that a lot of people know, a lot of people recognize He's got pretty good size, too. Six foot two, currently listed around 187 or so pounds. So some pretty good size, too, which is a a good thing. I know sometimes guys will have really good scoring, but maybe they're a little small. So his size is pretty good. He's only 18, too, and he's Mm -hmm. been tearing up the the NCAA. So that's pretty young for for a freshman. But obviously, we've seen this year, there's so many young freshmen in college hockey this year that have had no problem with scoring. Uh, We've had so many cases of that. But he's uh, originally a Minnesota guy, too, so he's from Minnesota, playing for Minnesota, played for the National Team Development Program, so obviously he showed a lot of skill there. That's what ended up you know, being part of why he got drafted so high. He showed off a lot of his skill playing for the NTDP. He had a, a massive 13 points in the World Junior Cup this year. He was one of the, the top guys on that team. And this year for Minnesota, over a point per game, 43 points in 32 games. And obviously he's playing with one of the most electric lines in college hockey this year. That is uh Maddie nice, Logan Cooley, and Jimmy Snugger. That is just a uh, absolutely insane line. I don't think anyone ever wants to play against those guys because no. they are just ridiculous. And I feel like they're scoring uh, goals everywhere. Obviously Cooley's like the really flashy guy making really, really cool plays. Matthew Nyes, I feel like has the game winning goal, like every other every night. single
0: and week. Yeah. Jimmy Snugger is just,
1: Putting up points like nobody's business. So, playing on one of the best lines in college hockey. And I feel like it's one of those things, too, where everyone's like, is he going to return for another season to college hockey? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because obviously he's really, really good this year, really dominant. That's going to be a decision that he's going to have to make. I have no idea. So, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Absolutely. All right. Then we got not the TikTok star, the hockey player, Noah Beck uh, from Clarkson. He was a seventh round pick in 2020. Um, one of the very, like you said, one of the very few guys in the American pipeline that are in uh, the St. Louis Blues system.
1: Yeah, I thought that was funny, too, that I always see the name Noah Beck and it's like, no, it's, it's not the TikTok guy. It's a different guy with the same name. There must be a lot of people with that name, too, whenever I Google it. But if I Google Noah Beck, I have to type like hockey prospect stats to make sure I don't just get like TikTok Noah Beck coming up on my page. But no, it's the hockey Noah Beck. I promise so uh, but he plays for Clarkson like you said 7th round pick back in in 2020 a couple of years ago. 6 foot 4 left-handed defenseman so a, a bigger guy from Ontario. He's a 21-year-old junior right now at at Clarkson who's had some wins, some losses this season kind of in in the middle of the pack there. 20 points in 32 games so not too shabby uh for for points production and he's actually the top scoring defenseman on the team so definitely able to put up some points for Clarkson and most recently, when I looked at the past few line charts, he was playing with uh, Tristan Sarsland, who's who's a freshman, a really young freshman this year. So it seems like they're kind of going with like the more upperclassmen, experienced defensemen playing with like a, a younger, fresh guy. So, yeah, I'm uh, not too sure. I don't get to watch Clarkson a ton, honestly, but it seems like he has pretty good points production and, and good size. So that's a good thing if you're looking at uh, defender, defenseman prospects.
0: Absolutely. And then finally, our our final uh, prospect here, it's been quite the list. Uh, Dylan Peterson of Boston University, third round pick in 2020, uh, rounding out uh, the American pipeline in the St. Louis Blues system.
1: Yeah, third round pick in 2020, like you said, uh, again, a guy with pretty good size. It seems like the Blues definitely want guys that are a, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, at least from the three prospects that we have. Listed here, a six foot four, about two hundred pound forward. So definitely a bigger guy with some good size. Twenty one years old. So again, uh, a little bit older, but twenty one years old from Roseville, California. Uh, isn't really the biggest points production guy though. If you look at uh, the forwards on BU, he definitely does not seem like like the most flashy guy. But it just seems like that's really not his style. If you go back through the years through BU and then back to when he was on on the national team on the NTDP he just wasn't a guy that was putting up you know like a point per game or anything like that that's just not really what he does um this year he has 11 points as as a junior and he's been playing on the fourth line as as the right winger for BU so he doesn't seem like he's going to be that guy who you're going to bring into the system to to be the guy who's going to put up points and points and points it seems like he's going to be more of like that third fourth line type of type of depth guy who can bring some scoring but is more just going to be a depth guy who can help you out solid forward and and a bigger guy who hopefully can bring some physicality as well but definitely not the same style as jimmy Snuggerud. it'd be a completely different player but you know they got a little bit of everything in the st louis blues pipeline they got you know a flashy mm-hmm. player and jimmy Snuggerud they got a, a big defenseman in Nobeck, and then they have sort of that uh depth type forward in in Dylan Peterson. So a little bit of everything uh in their three prospects that we that we talk about but definitely a much different week compared to like you said our, our 11 or 12 I think we had to talk about last week.
0: Sometimes that's all you need, you know. Well, we've reached the end of the show here. Thanks a ton uh, uh for doing this with me Sydney. As as we said at the start of the show, this is our last week on SoundCloud. We are moving uh, somewhere different. So, you know, all the links are in the description below. Um, you know, subscribe, uh, so you, you never miss one. And also you can look up, uh, the, you know, the hockey news, American pipeline. Um, if you need to to find it, We're all we're always going to be on THN. Uh, you can listen to this episode, past episodes of any podcast, including this one, um, of any of the hockey news podcasts. If you go to the hockey podcasts, our archive is there. It's great. Sydney, um, enjoy, uh, enjoy your time, uh, on, you know, on the ground in the trenches as you are right now.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And, uh, I will see you next week.